Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 130. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed, talented actor and professional cosplayer, Mandy Persley. Mandy, how's it going? It's going so good. Thank you for having me on today. You're welcome. Yeah, so this is... uh, so right now you are East Coast and you know you you used to be in the West Coast and now you are yes. now getting to experience, I think you said in a previous interview, all four seasons now, right? Yes. You, do you kind of still have do you have that where you are in North Carolina? Yeah, although actually here it doesn't get really cold. Like oh, okay. I found out there's no snow here and I was really disappointed after living in San Diego for eight years. So Eh, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But this is great. So you, uh, you are now, uh, uh, you, you've, you kind of gotten a lot of press on just some of your cosplay work that you've done, mm-hmm. and you are. I wanted to kind of talk to you about that because I have somebody that also goes to comic cons, and then yeah. seeing the, uh, and also just seeing the, always been just intrigued and and uh, and just. Surprises by looking at some of the, the some of this, this cosplay work that I've seen in these these decor is um, how intensive it is. And you yeah. as being probably for anybody that's interested, please go check out um, Mand- Mandy's website. She does have be the cos be the spark cosplay.com, but definitely go to definitely go to your facebook.com backslash be the spark cosplay. Yes. Yeah. I'm most active on Facebook. I also have Instagram at Be The Spark Cosplay. Um, but yeah, I have most of my interaction. I enjoy like talking with people and we chat cosplay and and just artistry. And it's a lot of fun on there. And but so- yeah, but like you said, conventions are awesome because there's just <laughs> so many people in like every genre that you can imagine and sometimes mashing up the right. weirdest things that you would even think of. So it's great. Because you, you started doing this you know, as we say, pre-COVID. So what have you been doing the last couple of years with, we kind of had a little break this past summer. Have you been able to, were you able to go to some conventions this past, this past? uh... Yeah, this past year I made it to Dragon Con, which was my first time going to that. Um, I was excited that we came out on the East Coast so I could go and see what that was about. And then I also went to Gen Con, which was really fun. And that's where I was kind of helping to uh, rep a board game called well, tabletop game, I guess, called Cold of the Deep, um, that they put my face in, which is like <laughs> the dream, the ultimate dream is to cosplay yourself, I think. So that was very, very exciting. Yeah. And uh, we could pull this up. So this is yeah. this is you in the, the is this a, it's a tabletop role playing game or is it? Yeah, a it's a game? tabletop role playing game. And so that's one of the character cards that you can choose to play. So it was very cool. I was very excited. <laughs> So that's you, and this is, um, and that's based off of your design that you made here. Yeah, well, I actually, we, I kind of like sketched out a couple ideas that they could okay. possibly use for the character, and then they made the illustration, and then I actually had to go back and make the costume off of their illustration. So it was kind of <laughs> a collaborative effort. <laughs> so talk to us a bit about that, like when you. So you say you probably have like. Uh, I don't want to exaggerate, but you have scores and scores of costumes, correct? 
Yes, I have a lot of costumes. <laughs> I always joked because when I was a little girl, like I really enjoyed dressing up and I wanted to learn how to sew. And I was always like, my dream when I grow up is to have a closet full of costumes. <laughs> and so now I have like walk-in closet full of costumes. <laughs> yeah, so that's just like a small fraction. I just pulled those out for a photographer um, to see what I had. And those are just like, ball gowns literally <laughs> like that's not even counting the other kind of stuff so, <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot but it's so, fun my dream has come true right <laughs> so what so have you always done always done the uh, seamstress work have you always done this or is this something you get you this is a this is a, a passion that you've kind of picked up um in your adult life yeah, it's definitely an adult passion. Like when I was younger, I I really enjoyed sketching, I guess, like costumes. Like I would take my favorite like video game characters and I would draw them a new outfit to wear. And so I, I like I had notebooks and folders just full of all these costumes. But I had kind of always been intimidating about sewing um, right. when I was younger. I didn't even try it. And um, it wasn't, I think I was, wow, I was like, 20 I don't know it was in my mid-20s when um, my husband just brought home a sewing machine one day and he's he's basically like here you seem like you like making things just try it so he taught me the basics and then I just kind of like ran away crazy from there like the very first thing that I tried to make was a corset for the renaissance fair mm. um, which is a terrible first project that's really hard <laughs> to make a corset so I was a little crazy, but I learned a lot. And now I just, every time I make something, I try to do something a little bit more, you know, to bring that skill up. Mm -hmm. um, so like with Snow White over here, I worked on a lot of hand beading that I hadn't done before. And I've got another one coming up that's kind of working on this kind of a more generic artsy snow queen. And that one, the skirt, the skirt has literally like eight layers to it. It's just layer upon layer upon layer of all this different tool, which get an organza, which gives it kind of a color shifting effect, which is pretty cool. Right. So, yeah, that's and me tired. <laughs> 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 that's the end of the day at the convention. <laughs> Do you, so you kind of, so I guess for, for those that are interested, that are, that are listening right now that are, that, that might be a that might be a writer who, or might be a, a a designer or an artist who says, "Listen, I want to. I have a great character, and I want to. I, I want to do this. I want to make a a costume. I want to. I want to make a three D version of this. I want to wear what my character made." Um, and they're like, "Listen, I don't. The last time I the last time I ever picked up a sewing needle was you know in home economics class in yeah. high school. What would be your advice for someone who wants to kind of get who wants to start um designing designing and making costumes yeah well i mean i would say start out using like pre-made patterns like there's okay. honestly so many great pattern companies out there i mean there's the big ones that you can buy from like joann's and hobby lobby like simplicity and mccall's but there's so many like great independent designers now too that you mm. can find on etsy and things like that um, it helps, I think, before you start trying to go out on your own to learn the basics of how you put things together. Right. And then from there, you can start modifying patterns and then kind of figuring things out yourself. Right. And would you, would you, well, uh, what type of medium would you recommend first as kind of a, uh, uh, you know, like uh, a costume design 101 type? Yeah. As far as like fabrics or fabrics. Yeah. 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 
Oh man. I mean, I am a lover of fabrics. Um, like a lot of people maybe want to start out on cheaper fabrics, um, which is fine, but honestly you get the perfect fabric and it really makes the dress. I have to say, um, anything simple though, like simple cottons or satins are pretty easy to work with. And right. then you can kind of build up your skill level from there. Yeah. But, Do you work within other, other me uh, mediums or materials as well? Like say like, like leather or any of that? Any yeah, of that I've done or? some leather work um, on my steampunk bell. Um, it, that one had some like suede and leather. And then actually I made a book holster for her because I felt like bell, you know, like has that has that steampunk Western vibe with the, right. the steampunk. And so that book holster for her is actually real leather. That oh, was kind of awesome. one of my first leather making projects. And then when I did the sorceress for the cult of the deep that we were looking at earlier, um, I actually have the arm here. I, so okay. I learned a lot with this. So this is actually made out of um, Warbler primarily and the hand lights up, which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So we put some electronic LEDs in there and like the the base is bendable. And I'd never tried to use Warbler before. So it was definitely an experience. And Warbler is very cool. It's like a thermoplastic. I don't know if you've heard of it before. No. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome material. It comes in like these thin plastic sheets. And when you heat it up, it becomes like completely moldable. And then whatever shape it's in, when it cools back down, it stays in it. So like okay. this whole hand started out as just like a solid plastic sheet and molding it around. So that was pretty cool. And then we used uh, a clear resin here to make the um, piece that actually attaches to uh, one of my prosthetic pieces to hold it okay. on together. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. And, my magic arm. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, so talk to us a bit about that. So like you, so my, my other question for you is, do you design, because be, as you said, you got, you got a closet, uh, a walk-in <laughs> closet full of you. How does that work? How does that work for you? Where do you, do you, are you sitting there watching TV at night, you know, maybe, you know, and just kind of like having a sketchbook and you just kind of, doodling a bit and say hey i'm gonna make this or do you see something on screen for instance like yeah, as an example like cinderella obviously is an obvious example but do you see something on screen whether it be a um and say i want to design a i want to design that outfit but kind of do it in my own way how does that work do you do you find do you design something first and find a place for it, or do you find an inspiration and then design it i usually kind of have an inspiration like okay. a character that i want to create and then i'll kind of start sketching out ideas and i may go through kind of several iterations or playing around with different colors i'm a little different than a lot of cosplayers um because a lot of cosplayers really focus on being completely screen accurate like mm. it is and I mean, that's great. I think that's awesome when people are able to replicate some of these costumes. I like to put a little bit of my own spin on most of what I do. Um, as you can see, like this, these isn't straight Cinderella or straight Snow White, as you would right. see. Um, I like to put a little bit of a historical spin on a lot of things, but I'm not, I don't know, I'm not completely like historically accurate. I kind of put my own thing on it too. <laughs> but yeah, but I'll sketch down and I'll, I'll sketch out some ideas until I feel like it's something I really like. And um, then I'll start making it. And then half the time 
I'll kind of change it as I'm going through making it and being like, oh, I think this would work better if we did it a little bit different. So it always ends up a little bit different from what I had planned originally. But yeah, a lot of times I'll see characters that I identify with, I guess, in some way. Right. And um, recently I've been more into kind of exploring how I can make those characters my own. Because um, mm. I am an arm amputee. And one thing when I was younger is like I never had characters that I felt represented me. And right. so like with Cinderella and her glass arm, I was like, this is awesome because I can put myself into this story and be the character that I wanted to see on the screen. And it's like, if you don't see it, that's fine. You make your own. And right. so that's, that's been good. So do, is there a, something along the designs that you have um, as, as an artist and the creator that you're doing that is you're starting to see is almost kind of a, um, a trademark, whether it's like a, a type of uh, material or a design or, or there's something that on there that you seem to gravitate towards to as you're sketching out, whether it be a, um, do you, do you see that where we're doing, the, you know, doing this enough that people are, you're starting to see that this is kind of a Persley-esque, I don't know if I made that word, yeah. like, but I got like a design to it. Yeah, well, I do a lot of corsets and ball okay. gowns. That's just what I love. Like like I said, when I was a little girl, I would have dreams of just, just wanted ball gowns. I just want right. to dress like that all the time. Um, and so most of my outfits that I make have a lot of corsets. Um, sometimes like the ones that you were showing there, I did some characters from Critical Role when we went to Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. um, but that was mostly because my friend wanted to do Critical Role. So I was like, well... I guess I'll do that too, even if it's not a ball gown. It'll be okay today. <laughs> so, right. But yeah, a lot of mine have a similar silhouette, though. I think with the corsets and then the the big poofy dress with the hoop skirts <laughs> underneath. So. <laughs> so what do I'm you? A little do you, extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do Do you Do you sit down? So do you have like? Uh, are, are there are there designs and, and and are there designs and costumes that you've made that you just haven't been able to bring out yet because of because of COVID? You haven't been able to show that you're kind of chomping at the bit to say, I can't wait for the next convention because I want to go as this or that. Yeah, I actually, I don't think I have any big ones that I haven't really worn anywhere. Because um, like I said, I got to go to Dragon Con and Gen right. Con this year. So that was fun. Um, I'm working on this Snow Queen. So hopefully that will be done in the next month or two before it's not winter. And then <laughs> it won't fit. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to get going. I got to get it done. I've only got a few months. Um, and that one was funny because it wasn't really meant to be like a character cosplay. And then one of my people that follow my page was like, oh, that looks like Queen Frostine from Candyland. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, it does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it just is Queen Frostine now. So. <laughs> I don't know how many Candyland cosplayers there are, but. <laughs> right. Do you like, do, do, that's another question. Do you, how, do you have like a, like a, like an idea book where you find something really obscure, like an obscure design from, a you know a, a, a forgotten about or yet to be discovered ip that you say oh i want to make this this looks fun or do you like to gravitate towards you know some of the more recognizable designs um i kind of mix and match like there's a there's a queen of hearts design that i found by a japanese artist and it's just like 
so over the top. It's absolutely ridiculous. And probably most people would have no idea who it is, but that's on my like cosplay dream list. Um, but I enjoy going to conventions and being kind of recognizable because um, people appreciate your work no matter what. Right. But at conventions, if people see a character that they love too, then they're like, Cinderella! And it's very exciting. So instead <laughs> of, I don't know what you are, but you look <laughs> So I try to make them semi-recognizable, even with my own spin on it. Right. And, and so with with your Be The Spark cosplay, what's your, uh, as as your website and your Facebook page, where what's the, what do you see as part of your um, uh the uh the audience site that that kind of gravitate towards your your cosplay work um well i think my cosplay is a little bit unique um mm. i have a large following with people who are also in the disability community because there aren't a whole lot of cosplayers who right. who have disabilities and so i think they think that's cool to kind of have someone that they can look up to that, or, I mean, not that you need to have to look up to me, but a person that's in the public <laughs> eye that, um, you know, is just owning who they are. Right. Um, and then also I try to have like a positive, you know, friendly community. Um, and so I think people enjoy just kind of interacting with, with someone who does this. I don't know. <laughs> I have very cool people who follow me and I'm like, I still feel weird because it's like, I'm like, I'm nobody. I don't know why anyone cares, but it's very sweet that they do. It's very humbling. <laughs> well, because your work, your costumes are, are gorgeous. I mean, the, I mean, obviously well, it's, 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 that it, you can tell, you can tell there's a lot of, you know, time and energy put into it and there's a lot of heart mm -hmm. put into it. Yes. Um, and, and I think it just as, you know, artists kind of gravitate towards what's, you know, the, the beauty of uh, the beauty and the, um, and, and the sweat that you've put into that, mm -hmm. put into your, your work. You know, do you, do you feel, uh, you know, with, you know, with, with that said, um, where do you see the direction of cosplay going, especially now with, um, you know, with, you know, with the pandemic, uh, you know, as we're kind of, you know, knock on wood, things are, where, where things are changing, things are going to be invariably change. Yeah. But where do you, where do you see the, the, the future of, of cosplay um, in the next, uh, in the next few years? Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that we can get back to conventions and get back to normal in the next couple of right. years. But I feel like a lot of cosplayers have really adapted well to the pandemic. Um, I've seen a lot more like photo shoots and things online okay. where people, they didn't get to wear it to a convention, but they can still share their arts with everybody else, you know, um, through photographs, which is very cool. And I also thought it was funny as you're kind of, this was the one you have now is from Dragon Con. And like, we had to wear masks at Dragon Con. And I thought it was so cool that most cosplayers really went out of their way to make their mask match their costume <laughs> like you can't just show up as bell and not have a gold mask like that's bananas right. so, <laughs> so i thought that was cool like i i kind of expected that cosplayers would do that because that's just who we are but right. i was excited to see it <laughs> um and do you and so talking a bit about get a uh bring us back a bit to the cult of the deep how did that yeah. conversation happen yeah well it was kind of unexpected on my end. Um, so Sam Stockton, who is one of the founders of BA Games, um, he messaged me, it was probably about a year and a half ago at first. Um, it was after the Cinderella costume had kind of gone viral because 
no, everyone was like, what? Cinderella with a glass arm? Like, it just blew their minds, I guess. I <laughs> and so Sam messaged me and um, he's just basically like, hey, I saw your Cinderella thing. And he was like, I kind of had my own dreams that I'd been putting off for a while about making this game. And he's like, I don't know why I just saw your Cinderella. And I was like, wow, she just went out and made that costume. I'm gonna go out and make a board game. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically. And so he asked if they could include my likeness in their game as one of the characters. And I was like, that sounds amazing. That sounds so cool. And um, so they put my character in there as the sorceress. And I loved that they gave her this like really cool, magical prosthetic arm. I thought that was awesome. Right. And then I was extra excited because so he doesn't know. Well, he didn't know at the time that I really enjoy playing D&D. &D. And um, my one of my primary characters is really I just fireball everything. Like it <laughs> doesn't matter. It's fireball at all. And so when they were making this character, her special ability is actually just fireballing everyone. And I was like, yes, I was so excited. You wouldn't even believe, like I got to play virtually for the first time at Gen Con last year, um, back in 2020, because everything got canceled. And so I saw her special ability like live playing with everyone at Gen Con. And I, I probably screamed a little bit. I was so excited. <laughs> It's like fireball. Yes. <laughs> so it was great. And then yeah, so so like the game is like it's been produced. It's it's still waiting to ship out right now because well, it, I guess it's shipped. It's just in a boat somewhere. It's in a boat someplace. <laughs> um, so hopefully it'll be here soon. But they have like copies that people can play at Gen Con. And so that was very cool to get to go and you know, like just hang out at their booth in costume and be like. It's me. Look. <laughs> <laughs> like dream come true. It really was. <laughs> right. Uh, so getting back to some some questions about, you know, for folks that are interested in, in, in learning more about that. So you're connected to the, uh, you know, obviously like the, the, the cosplay scene as well as. So say, for instance, kind of very similar to uh, very similar to that example of Cult of the Deep. Now, if there was a game designer, if there is a, a, a comic book artist or, or an author, a fantasy author who um, says, listen, I want to make this as a, mm -hmm. I, I have a design of, you know, my, my main character. Um, do you, at what point is there as, as cosplayers, um, cosplayers as a business? It's like, is it, is it possible for cos for, for, um, I people that own IPs to reach out to cosplayers and say, Hey, can I hire you to design this costume or, or can I yeah. hire you to do that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that never hurts to ask and reach out and see, right. see what you can work out with people. Um, there's so many really talented cosplayers out there too. And a lot of people do take commissions or would be like, I think really happy to work with a company. So that would, right. yeah. Definitely. And and so is there is there resources for cosplayers who were looking for commissions or artists who are looking to hire cosplayers? Is there is there a good resource that because uh, they never there's no there's never a point to like give out a, an actual price here. To, yeah. But but is there is there any good resources that you would recommend cosplayers who are looking to start and um sending out commissions or people who are looking for cosplayers to hire to do commissions? Is there a good resource that they could look at? 
Yeah, actually, I'm not sure. I don't actually know of like a central place where all of this happens. Right. Um, a lot of what I've seen cosplayers working with companies has been very kind of word of mouth, like meeting up at conventions mm. um, or because I mean, honestly, like the I would say some of the like tabletop video game genres have been more jumping on this bandwagon of hiring cosplayers to right. to kind of promote their stuff. Um, but I think that would be great if other, like, like you said, comic book artists, authors, that kind of thing were interested. Um, I think it's great. Like when I went and repped for Cold of the Deep, like a lot of people were really interested to come over and see someone in costume. They thought that was very cool. So right. it was definitely a draw. And then, you know, obviously come play the game too. <laughs> but not just look at me. But, but yeah, so I think that's cool, especially for a lot of conventions and things. Yeah, it can really be pull people in. Right. Especially because I've seen that it's, you, we, we, we've been, we've, we've been to those conventions where you've seen, um, we, we, we've been to those conventions where we've seen authors um, kind of have to create their own costume that they want to use to promote. And it's yeah. never as good as if like they actually reached out to a professional cosplayer and say, here's the picture of, can you make this for me? And can you wear, and yes. can I hire you to that? So it's, it is, it is it, it, there seems to be a natural cross pollination that should be happening mm -hmm. um, and could be happening more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, someone needs to make that. So whoever's listening, like, please go make a resource for this to happen. <laughs> I don't know enough. Obviously, my website's still been in development for like five years. So <laughs> not me, but somebody else. Yeah. And, and Bethany Stahl, one of our previous guests, who's an uh, award-winning children's book author. Jesus, I love the idea of authors and cosplayers teaming up. So Yes, yeah. I do too. I think that's fun. And it's really cool to be able to like bring these characters characters to life. Um, I'm sure, especially if you're an author, because it's not like the movies where, you know, there is a person in a costume playing your characters, like you're writing a book and you're like, right. to see it come into the real world is very cool. Um, <laughs> I know even for me, like I've done one uh, book character um, as a cosplay. Um, I did Tanel Ka, which is a character from the Star Wars Young Jedi Knight series that was like, I don't know, I think back in the 90s, like I read it when I was in like middle school. Um, but they had a character in there that was really meaningful to me, um, to Nell Ka. She, she was a Jedi and like a princess, um, but she was like, yeah, there she is. But she was like very like tough and she ended up losing her arm in a lightsaber accident, but she was like, whatever, I'm still the most kick butt person on this team. <laughs> and But I love that because I had never who was like, I'm just awesome and going on about my life. And so like, I didn't even get to cosplayer until, you know, 15 years after I read the book, but it was empowering to me. I was like, this is cool to step in this character's shoes. And like, I don't know, just bring her to life in a way that not very many people had. So it's cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've, we've talked to comic writers uh, on the show before and, and they've always said, listen, if you're a writer and you don't know how to draw, hire someone to do the art for you. And yeah. the same goes is like, if you want to, if you're going to a convention and you, and you want to have, you know, you want to create a, you yeah. want to have the character there too. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to make a, if you don't know how to make a costume, 
have someone professionally make it for yes. you. <laughs> yes. Well, it makes a big impact, I think, if right. you because like your skill set is writing, and that is right. awesome, like better than I could do. Um, but yeah, but you have someone in like a really professionally well made costume, like people want to come see that, and it's very cool. Right. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, and and like as you said, do you see so? So that would be like kind of like a, a, a dream of maybe just trying to, as we're saying, getting these um, these these two parts of the conventions to, to you know, to work well. Because we see some people who are who make great, as you say, like, you know, mainstream mm -hmm. character costumes who are are like Hollywood level design. And, and it's yeah. You look at like where did you come up with these things? And like, and like it's amazing. Like your stuff. I mean, looking at especially some of your steampunk inspired work yeah. is like. It makes me want to ask you this question: Is like, do you see the world differently now? Like, do you walk down the street and do you see found objects in a whole new light? Do you're like, oh, I could, or going to a hardware yeah. store or a craft store, I'm like, I could use this for that. How, how much yeah. has being a cosplayer changed your view of? Oh, it's a, well, especially like I go to a fabric store and I'm just overwhelmed because like every fabric, I'm like, oh, I can make this character and this character and this character. And then I buy too much fabric and then I'm like, oh, I don't have time to make all this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a problem. Like when we actually, when we moved from California over to North Carolina, I sold like 150 like bolts of fabric. <laughs> like I had... I had so much. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, they're going to charge me so much to move all this. Like, it has to go away. <laughs> so, but yeah, you definitely do. You see things and you're like, oh. And I notice costumes on TV in the movies more. Okay. Um, like before, you're just like, oh, cool. That's a costume. But now you're like, oh, I see what they, that, that embroidery. That's amazing. <laughs> like, look at that cape. That's, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. So yeah, I was watching, um, I actually got to see some of the costumes that close to from Black Panther and oh, like cool. you can't even really even see it on screen, but it's like the beadwork. There's like thousands of tiny beads like sewn into some of the costumes and you're just like, I can't believe they spent that much time and you only see it for like a flash of a second, but it's amazing. It's, and it really makes all the difference because like you said with, you know, someone just kind of, oh, making a costume for a booth that doesn't really know what they're doing. Like right. you think, yeah, you think, why would you put 5,000 beads on this, this shirt? And then you're like, oh, but it makes it look good. Even if it's only a flash, like you're like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so what what have uh, you know you know other than of course your 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 masthead Cinderella costume that um, that you you've been on national television with you've been yeah. all over the place with that what are some of the what are some of the other costumes that you've that you've created that you just had some of that very personal pride on that you just when people oh cool costume can I take a picture and you just great like you have no idea how long it took me to make this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, it's funny because even with Cinderella, some people are like, oh, do you do birthday parties and that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere near children and cake in this dress. There's like $500 worth of fabric on this. <laughs> so, I'm bad about that. I, I would wear it around children, but not children and cake. Like those two things are not happening. Um, I, wear, I, I wear it around cake, but not children. I wear it around children, but not get but yeah. not both at the same time. Yeah, you can't put them together. Like, it's just not going to happen. I, I have a child. I know how this is going to go down. So, so yeah. Well, my, we was talking to my Snow White over here. That was one of my, like, proudest things because mm. I learned a lot 
um, it was the first time I'd done a lot of like hand beating. And so this entire front part in the center actually has like, I think it was like 900 gold beads on it. They're just tiny, tiny little seed beads everywhere. And then the skirt had, I think it was about a thousand pearls that I hand sewed on. It was kind of a diamond pattern. And so like at all all these pearls and like i did about half of them and i'm like what am i doing <laughs> wasting my life putting all these pearls on this dress but, but it turned out good yeah <laughs> and then the funny thing is i see things that other people wouldn't ever notice like so i finished that skirt that had all the pearls and i was like i'm gonna take a picture you know selfie and i took the selfie and i was about to post it and i'm like there's a pearl missing in this one <laughs> tiny corner and everyone else is like i don't see it and i'm like <laughs> it's right there it's driving me crazy <laughs> and then the collar on snow white i had to draft that pattern completely from scratch mm. and i made i don't even know i probably made like 10 different patterns trying to get it to look the way i wanted it and but mm. i'm very stubborn that's actually the secret to being a good cosplayer or seamstress is just be stubborn enough to redo it 20 times like right. keep doing it so you get it right and that's how you learn so. and so other than the, the fabric piece what kind of uh, innovative materials that you've been able to uh, to incorporate in some of your costumes that um that other cosplayers have noticed and kind of given you uh, kind of an, an applause to Oh my goodness. I don't know if I've had anything like insanely innovative that other cosplayers don't use. I do a lot of fabric work. Right. Um, my my glass arm here, I didn't make this myself, but it's very cool. I'll show you guys. So this was made out of resin. So, yeah. But this was made by an artist, um, Gilbert Lozano. He's done stuff for like Disneyland and Universal Studios before. He's very like awesome. Um, and so he made that for me. So everyone's like, that's so cool. Because you don't see many glass hands running around so right. that's special <laughs> and then I, I did a lot of kind of kind of found objects with the steampunk as well because that's a little bit more of an eclectic vibe and it's more into all the little details um so with that one i made the book holster which was very cool and um that i had like there's even like a little pendant on the side that has like a rose and a little mm. vial and yeah. you can't even see it but like i know that it's there <laughs> <laughs> Have you, are you look, is there any designs that you have, you're looking for? Are they, you look, have you done anything? I couldn't find anything on your, on your, your pictures of all specifically about like any like science fiction-y kind of things or any futuristic work. Yeah. I haven't done a whole lot. Like I said, I did Tanelka from Star Wars. Um, right. I do tend to veer into the kind of fantasy and princess world, but I'd like to do some more sci-fi so right. I love Star Wars. I'm such a Star Wars nerd. So right. I'd like to do some more in that realm. And then Star Wars doesn't have like a name for it. They're not called, you know, like Trekkies get yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, it's just Star Wars. We're yeah. just Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is more fantasy than sci-fi. A lot of people. Are that like, is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah, I would yeah. say Star Trek is definitely more the like techie kind of right. sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe um, I'm just more of a fantasy person. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bethany just said that that fantasy and princesses are the best, though. They are. Yes. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to dress up like a princess? I mean, right. really. Like, and it's the biggest ego boost in the entire world when you're at a convention and a child is just like, oh my gosh, you're a princess. <laughs> <laughs> 
the best. Way. Like I, I, I dressed up as Elsa one year, like when Frozen had just come out, and this one girl, like literally, I about died, like trying to run across the street, just yelling Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'll be here when you come across. Don't die, please. <laughs> it's great. The kids are so excited, and they think like you are the legit princess, which is amazing. Like right. they'll be telling you all about the last time they saw you at Disney World and what you talked about. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally remember that. <laughs> it's like, it's basically the equivalent of like what the, what that, uh, the guy with the white beard gets when he dresses up as Santa Claus is basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're just like, you are Santa now. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Well, that's what got me into cosplay was like, uh, one of my one of Halloween when my daughter was like I think she was two or three it was like the first Halloween that she got to pick what she wanted and she wanted to be Belle um, from Beauty and the Beast and I made her little dress and I was like well, I want a princess dress I want to make this too <laughs> so I made myself this big giant ball gown that I literally just wore around our neighborhood oh, going really? trick-or-treating like like a crazy person <laughs> but the kids were like oh my gosh there's a princess in this neighborhood crazy <laughs> And I was like, wow, I like this. I'm going to do this more often. <laughs> so, and I just kept making princess dresses. So, you know. <laughs> so have you have you been able to make pretty much the whole gamut of princesses? Or is there still one that you're – it's like every, every move, every yeah. new year there's a new princess movie that comes I out. I know. They keep coming out with more. Um, there's still more I want to do. I really want to do an Anna from Frozen. I love her big like coronation dress and some of those. Um, actually, I could use the glass arm too because like at the end where she gets like frozen, I could just be like, oh, there it is. I don't know. <laughs> right in the first movie, yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll just reutilize those. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so I've done Cinderella and Snow White. I've done two versions of Belle now. She's kind of my favorite. And I have a third version I want to do at some point. Like I really want to do like a warrior version of Belle where she's like wearing armor and she's got like a sword and like a stained glass shield or something. I think that would be so cool. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Are you, do you, so from there, like so I, I'm just curious is like the, the, the more you get, do you have to get, uh, I've, I've, like I say, for me, I'm, I'm super curious about, cause I love, I love the cosplay culture. It's so fun just mm -hmm. watching people like I'm amazing. Do you, so how much have you kind of taken over the house with like your, like, do you have, you start off as a workshop kind of yeah. like, I'm just visualizing. Do you have to have more than one sewing machine at this point? Or do you have to have like more like fabric cutters? And do you have like, like uh leather punching things now? Like grommet? Yes. Making I how do I've like taken over half a house. It's so bad. <laughs> like when I started, it was like, you know, the spare bedroom. And now I have the spare bedroom and like what's supposed to be our dining room here is just right. my sewing room. Uh, but yeah, I have two sewing machines and two sergers that I use regularly. And then, yeah, I have leather making tools and jewelry tools right. and like every kind of fabric nonsense that you could ever imagine grommet punchers and all this kind of stuff um it's a very expensive hobby <laughs> to get into <laughs> and then i got into warbler so then i'm like i need like heat guns and all these, like cutters and everything so i was gonna ask yeah. you do you have a forge and you have to pretty much get all of a sudden like an anvil and a forge is that like the next step the yeah next that's evolution? the next well I was i was like making some of this stuff for the sorceress and she's got like some jewelry pieces and i was like 
really like to smelt some metal. Like that would be cool. <laughs> and Maya's was just like, I think you've got enough toys. I know. <laughs> like I could afford to kill nothing. <laughs> like a spot welder, you just come out of the garage with like the welding helmet on. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd probably do that because I'm always out in the garage using his tools too. I'm like, I don't really know what this does, but I think I can drill a hole with this. It's fine. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> and so how how often does it take you to 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 make I mean obviously it depends on the details, but on like average uh say for instance with a convention season coming up, because yeah. every it's how much do you have to plan in advance to start making your creations? Is it a couple months, a month, or how does that process work for you? Well, I'm kind of slow in sewing because I work and I have a child and yeah. I, I volunteer a lot and my husband's in the military, so he's gone a lot. So I my plate is very full. Right. So I probably put in usually between like 40 to 80 hours of work time into most of my costumes. So if I'm in a crunch, I can get that done pretty quick, but it usually takes me a couple of months at least to get in, to get in a costume. Um, now I did like, um, when I made the Cinderella, we were planning on originally entering that into the masquerade contest at uh, the San Diego Comic Con back in 2019. And I got sick backstage right. and like literally passed out backstage 20 minutes before we're supposed to go on. So I didn't get to perform. But I busted out Cinderella and a peasant dress and Prince Charming and a fairy godmother and two stepsisters in like six months, which wow. was probably the record for me. That was a lot. So. Well, you know, with, with your costumes and stuff like that, do you then at, at what point do you um, do you cannibalize them all to work on new ones? Or once it's done, you're like, I'm not touching that anymore. Or is it like an artist where... That painting was good, but I need I need the canvas. I need, oh no, these these are like my children. <laughs> like, people have even asked if they can like borrow or rent things, and I'm like, like not these. No, nobody touches these. This is my child. So no, I would never ever rip it apart. I would I couldn't do that. Like, I don't know. So because I mean, you put I mean, you put eighty hours into a dress, and it's like, man, I like you don't. It's special. You don't want to redo it. Right. So right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And do you so when you when you sit down and make your design, I'm I'm also kind of curious of um as you said, you you saying earlier, if you know if you're really interested in kind of starting doing this, you know, you know, get a one of those uh, McCall's or something a, a print. But say for instance, yeah. as you're saying, like when you design it, do you first kind of fashion design it where you kind of like draw it everything out and then next step do you then have to blueprint it out in a way where you have to kind of pull out what each piece looks like measure it all how does that work kind of yeah so i, I usually start out by sketching the silhouette and kind of what i'm looking for okay. and then um sometimes i still use patterns or I'll, I'll use pieces of patterns to i don't know to make my life easier especially right. if i'm in a time crunch and you're like because it's way easier to just use somebody else's patterns and have to completely pattern this out yourself right. um but if you have a mannequin they're actually pretty easy to use because you can kind of drape the fabric oh, um okay. pieces on the mannequin um and so i usually i don't use the good material at first um you know use the cheap stuff because then you can cut it up or if you're like ah that didn't work right you know 
you can, you know, reconfigure how you're going to want to do things. Um, corsets are easy because they are pretty much on the body as they are. So you just put your pieces on there and call it a day. And then I love big ball gown skirts because they're just like, you can literally just use giant rectangles of fabric and just gather it all together. Um, like I th that Cinderella skirt and Snow White skirt both had, um, so each layer was, I think, about six yards of fabric. Wow. And there's three layers on that one. And Snow White's had two layers. So <laughs> so just, just throw tons of fabric in there and call it a day. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, if you have a mannequin, and you can actually do it on yourself too. I've seen a lot of people who um, they make duct tape dummies. So you can mm. actually literally like saran wrap yourself first. And then you put the duct tape on top of it. And when you cut it off, it's it's your shape that oh, you wow. can then build more stuff off of or you can even cut the duct tape up and that if you want in certain shapes and that can be your fabric pattern so it was pretty oh, cool wow. okay yeah oh so so from there and then you kind of as you say you kind of then have your your pattern developed mm -hmm. and then from there you'll start and do you already have colors in mind or have you been in a position where like halfway through you're like do you have any happy accidents where you're like, wow, wow, this red actually looks a little bit better than my the yellow I was planning on or something like that? Yeah. Well, actually, with the Snow White skirt, I wasn't sure which fabric I was going to use for her train. Like, I actually had, like, three different reds. And the one I was planning to use originally had, like, some gold accents on it. And right. I don't know why. I was like, that's too much. It needs to be simple and a big trim. Um, so yeah, I do that a lot, but I usually kind of have an idea where I'm going to go, especially because right now we live kind of in the middle of nowhere. So there's actually no fabric stores mm. near us. So I have to order almost everything online. So you kind of have to know what you're going into if you're going to order lots of fabric. So, because <laughs> fabric's not cheap. This is an expensive hobby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if someone's looking at it on the, uh, like on uh, some more inexpensive stuff, is there any recommendations of maybe going to secondhand stores? Do you, do, 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 uh, do cosplayers or people actually go to some secondhand stores and find old um, outfits and then utilize that fabric? Would that be better than, as you say, maybe buying remnants online or anything or. Yeah, if you're on a budget and you need a lot of fabric, um, yeah, I've heard totally a lot of people will go to thrift stores and they'll just kind of repurpose things. Um, some people are like amazing at like taking bed sheets or curtains and just turning it into an amazing dress, like probably better than I would do. I'm like, wow, you made that out of a curtain. It's like uh, that movie Enchanted where she takes down the curtains and she's like, oh, I made a gown. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, you can find a lot of times if you have a fabric store near you, like things are on clearance that you can get for a pretty good price. And um, yeah, so there's a lot you would need to on a budget. Right. So okay, yeah. cool. Um, so we're 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 already uh, knocking at the top of the hour, Mandy. Oh my gosh! So. Wow, this went by so fast. That's crazy. <laughs> So if people are interested in um, uh, following you and learning more about um, all, uh, all, all your work and, and all your work and, and what you do, where would be the best place that they could go to? Yeah, Facebook is probably the best. If you go to facebook.com uh, slash be the spark cosplay, um, that's where I, we have the most interactions with the community and you can kind of see what I'm up to. So yeah, definitely head over there. I'm also on Instagram at be the spark cosplay. 
And one day I'll have a website. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's here. You got it. It's you, there. You got, I got yeah. it. Something. You got the domain. Yeah. I know. Well, that was the biggest challenge because like all this stuff blew up all of a sudden. And I was even trying to come up with a name because I was just some regular, you know, crazy person dressing up like a princess. And then um, like the Cinderella went viral and literally overnight I had like thousands of friend requests and from strangers. And I'm like, I don't know. I got to come up with something yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so bethany does say she needs a warrior bell in her life that sounds amazing so yeah, yeah i know that's like one of my next projects i gotta work on i love bell she's one of my favorites <laughs> <laughs> great so thanks a lot mandy and, and maybe we have you back on later to if you have any yeah. more uh new designs and uh new things and maybe we'll you know talk about the convention season coming up so yeah. yeah that would be awesome yeah i'm excited to see where we're going this year for convention so already kind of in the talks to go to emerald city comic con in seattle which i haven't been to so i'm excited about that and then we'll see where else we end up perfect all right well thanks a lot mandy it was a pleasure talking to you yeah so good talking to you too thank oh, you Your, um, are there some of your latest creations you have behind you or yeah well this is cinderella this is the one okay. that kind of went viral about That's... two years ago and then snow white here is one of my more recent ones okay i did i did i i have a seven-year-old daughter and a, and a five-year-old daughter uh... um, and i got a 16-month-old boy who just is now deciding to jump off couches much to the chagrin yeah it's so funny I, I told i told my daughter my my seven-year-old just loves princesses loves princesses my five-year-old loves spider-man you know what that's fine you know what she wants to love spider-man that's, that's my daughter my daughter like i dress up like princesses and my 10-year-old yeah. hates princesses like <laughs> will not dress up like one so i understand that <laughs> I told her, I told my daughter, I was like, I'm interviewing a princess tonight. So uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I should have put on the gowns. So <laughs> <she would believe it. laughs>